0: This is the German gaming news from Munich, Bavaria. Because sometimes eating sauerkraut is not enough. Happy Easter from Moritz. Some kind of spring has arrived in Germany and there is very, very little news because I think that game designers are searching for Easter eggs instead of inventing new games. The only bit of news I have is so boring that... won't even talk about it, um, or at least I will mention it. Uh, There will be two new games based on the film The Da Vinci Code by Winning Moves, but these games are really sounding boring, so I won't talk about them. Instead, I have decided to do a little essay about a question which perhaps sometimes um, puzzles American war gamers, and which I would like to explain in more detail. This essay is called Why There Are No War Games in Germany. Well, you might remember a certain German history that involved not only being the aggressors in the horrible war that was World War II, but also being the perpetrators of a Holocaust of until then unequal proportions. You can imagine that the generation that grew up in the bombed up remains of the Reich didn't have Kriegsspiele on their mind when they became rebellious teenagers. The Americans did a great job of educating the Germans about their crimes, something that is still considered a turning point in self-awareness in German history, and which formed the basis of a lasting year's German friendship. But some of the leading criminals or agitators of the Third Reich had survived the war in Germany, sometimes in posts that were still influencing politics or education. This is why the so-called Generation of 68, a year that equal perhaps even exceeded the great American anti-war hippie movement in intensity, were strongly opposed against any kind of remnants of military thinking and tried to expose military tendencies wherever they could find them, in universities or political parties. When I grew up – I was born in 1965 – giving children any kind of toy guns or games that involved war was considered extremely bad taste and generally avoided. Of course we found other solutions as kids, and I remember somehow fondly the games we used to play with Lego toys. We also built toy planes from kids, but when we built a German fighter plane for example, all swastikas, which were originally there of course, were removed and replaced by iron crosses, which were deemed more harmless. Many foreigners don't know that the use of swastikas or Nazi symbolry is highly forbidden in Germany, as is publicly denying the Holocaust, an act that can be punished with years, even decades, in prison. It often happens that game companies traveling to Germany underestimate this, as Harry Rowland, designer of World in Flames and a known pacifist, had to experience the hard way when all copies of his new educational game Days of Decision 3 were confiscated and actually destroyed because there was only one single Hitler counter that featured a tiny swastika. This also meant that game stores carrying American war games were sometimes teetering on the edge of doing something illegal. I remember that games like the Fulda Gap, which some may remember, were so controversial that they were publicly discussed on German TV. Any store who sold such a game would be shunned like a leper colony. Being a war gamer wasn't easy these days, and usually the hobby kept itself out of sight and low profile. The big war game of my youth was Risk, which many think of being a harmless, stupid dice fest. But can you imagine that even Risk was deemed so controversial that the specially created German version explained on the cover liberate the world instead of conquer the world? The rule book said that all the world was under a horrible dictatorship and that the player's goal was to free the poor people in Australia, for example. I guess you never thought of Risk like that and you probably weren't thinking very pacifistically when you played it, but there you go. This history might explain why there is no real tradition of war games in Germany and why most Eurogames are rather pacifist in nature and use harmless, inoffensive themes like Hair and Tortoise, Hoity Toity or Scotland Yard. Of course, this handicap became one of the strengths in Eurogame design and formed the basis of the Eurogame revolution. Even if many listeners of the Dice Tower disagree, the American obsession with conflict-oriented war and sports games somewhat hindered the development of the game mechanics themselves, which was something European and especially German designers were concentrating their efforts on. This thematic constriction became their biggest strength, something that often happens. This is why often German games are considered themeless, because the emphasis is always so strongly on abstract mechanics, which tend to concentrate on competitive but essentially peaceful play. Of course, now the whole theme has lost some of its urgence, and the German market is ripe for more wargame-like games like Wallenstein or Friedrich, which now seem fresh and interesting here, while the American designers use Eurogame mechanics to make better and deeper games. The future is certainly in the hybrid hybrid games, wargames using interesting card mechanics, for example, and I think the German market will be increasingly tolerant for that development. We will see. But this is why there are not many wargames in Germany, and I think rightfully so. Wouldn't you have been scared if Germans had been obsessed with war games after the war, like the Japanese? This has been my essay. All the best. Bye-bye.